You are great, Lord. You're a great God. You're a mighty God. When I think about Jesus, a couple words come to mind. Of course, he's great. Of course, he's holy. He's my redeemer. He's my strong tower. He's my mind regulator. He's my savior. He's my ruler. He's my provider. When I think about that, I think he's everything to me. He's everything to me. And for that, we're just going to sing this song to the Lord today. Very simple. And it goes like this. Sing everything. You're everything to me.
let's give God a big hand of praise for these singers here. Praise the Lord. I, I won't put any, I'm not going to put anybody on the spot, but I always want visitors and guests to know that you are welcome at St. John. So let us welcome you in song. All right, yes. So visitors among us, you're always welcome at St. John. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We honor the Lord on this day. We recognize it's being Unplugged Sunday. Um, even though we target our young people, but we do not exclude those who are older. So I want to challenge us as we prepare to receive the word. We want to address some issues or subject matters that is relevant in the lives of young people, which means that we want young people to be very attentive, but those of us who are not so young, we need to be very attentive so we can teach the principles I'll be sharing with young people. Amen. We're living in a world that's full of evil. And this world contains a lot of evil. I mean, everywhere you turn, evil is present. And evil is what you call ubiquitous, which simply means it's everywhere. Uh, don't think for one moment that uh, your community, or your neighborhood, your area is the only place that's having issues with evil. Evil is a global problem. But you know what's very interesting is that when we read the Bible, we see that there is a relationship in many cases between evil and money. I'll say it again. When we, I mean, first of all, do we believe in the Bible? Well, the Bible teaches us, it tells us about that there's a relationship uh, that exists uh, with evil and money. You can remain seated, but I, I, I want you to go to your Bible and read 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. That's our sermonic text for the day. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. I'd like to read it from the King James uh, version of the Bible and also the ESV Bible. Uh, uh, in the KJV uh, Bible, it reads, for the love of money, 1 Timothy 6 and 10, 1 Timothy 6, chapter 6, verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all evil. 
So remember I said there's a relationship between evil and money. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil, while, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. That same passage reads, uh, and it amplifies a little bit. When I read it from the ESV Bible, it reads, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, which is good. It, it is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Uh, now, looking at this uh, holistically, I guess from uh, King James as well as ESV uh, Bible uh, versions, uh, uh, translations, I, it, it says the love of money, and in King James it says the root of all evil. Uh, I like the ESV, it, it's, it clarifies it, it's the root of all kinds of evil, which, which lets us know that uh, there are some other causes of evil. Um, but when you talk about the love of money, it is the root of all kinds of evil. And, and I want you to see what damage, what effect, negative effects, I mean, in the aftermath that uh, loving money has on people. Um, Paul, Paul says, um, uh, which while some coveted after, meaning um, it is through this craving you, you don't want to live just craving for money. Uh, there, there are some people, they're, they're, they are all messed up because they don't have any money. It says this craving that, uh, it's, it's through this craving in the ESV, it says that some have wandered away from the faith. The love of money can cause people to backslide. Amen. And then it says, and pierce themselves with many sorrows. Being in love with money can cause sorrow and pain in your life. Can I teach up in here? Now, I, I need you to look at the scripture well because this is a verse that is often misquoted. Uh, many, you hear them say, money is the root of all evil. And, and Paul never said, that's what I'm, I'm challenging you to follow me in your Bible. Paul never did say that money itself is the root of all evil. But uh, he says the love of money. It, it's, it's, see, see, money itself is not bad. It's the love of money. Uh, that is the root of all or various types of Evil. Uh, I, I, I need to clarify that because in reality, uh, we need money. Okay. Yes, we, we need it. Living, uh, uh, yes, in this world, we, we need some money. <laughs> uh, living in poverty diminishes the quality of life. Uh, on last week, I, I, I took some time off just to kind of uh, refresh and rather than traveling abroad as I often do internationally I just stayed around locally and I did some things that I enjoy one I, I, I attended some baseball games and 
one, one particular game I attended, I, my heart became very heavy because, you know, I am an observer. I don't just observe when I'm here. I guess God made me in a shepherd, so I'm always observing. But even when I'm in public places, I, I, I'm always checking my surroundings. <laughs> so I'm at this game, watching, observing the game, uh, and I'm observing children. And my heart became heavy because I, I, I saw a group of uh, uh, young African-American children who were um, quite obviously impoverished. And I'm observing these little kids. I could tell they were needy children. My heart became heavy because I then began to contrast my observation of these uh, African-American little kids with some other kids that were obviously from affluent families. I, I'm doing a contrast. I'm looking at these little African-American kids who are very needy. They, did, they didn't have what a lot of the affluent little kids before me had. They, the affluent kids, they, they had souvenirs. The, the affluent kids, they, they were, their parents were constantly ordering food for them and buying food for them. I'm observing the whole situation. My heart became heavy because I'm looking at these little African-American kids and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at uh, the difference uh, because of color. Are y'all listening to me? Uh, but in the midst of a, a saddened heart, uh, I, I, I became, uh, at another point, I, I found myself smiling, and I smiled for this reason. Uh, one of the baseball players threw a ball uh, over the fence near where we were sitting. And I didn't catch the ball, but there's another uh, individual near me caught the ball, and he did what I would have done. He took the ball and he gave the ball to one of these little needy African-American kids. Yeah. Are y'all listening to me? Yes, yes. Uh, um, at one point, you know, and I'll, I, I'm going to keep, I'm going to move, I'm going to keep it moving. But at one point, my heart, I, uh, in my heart, I wanted to do something when I was looking at those kids. I, I, at one point, I, I, I wanted to take all of those kids and take them up to the stand and just let them order whatever food they wanted. And I was about to do it, but I looked at some of the adults that were with them, and they were with some rough guys and so forth. And I'm thinking, I said, well, you know, the Bible teaches you don't... <laughs> Don't let your good be evil spoken of. And, and you know, I, thought, I had to use a little wisdom because I'm thinking, I said, well, I don't want to show these brothers up. You know, I go down there like I'm, uh, you know, I, I got all this money and then they looking at what I'm doing for their kids and I put myself in a bad, bad position. <laughs> Are y'all listening to me? <laughs> but, but after observing that whole situation, uh, this is where, this is, this is what I felt. Uh, in a perfect world, and this is not a perfect world, but in a perfect world, all kids would have equal privileges and wealth. 
if, if we were living in a perfect world, uh, uh, had, had your granddaddy Adam not messed it up. <laughs> yeah, I was, that was a figure of speech. Had Adam not messed up and brought the sin in the world because the world was perfect before Adam and Eve messed up in the garden. Uh, in a perfect world, we would not have a situation where you have some children uh, more fortunate, more blessed than other children because in a perfect world, all children, regardless to their race or color, would have equal privileges and equal wealth. Will y'all put some hands together on that one? Yes. Now, now this does not mean that poor people are unhappy, and it does not mean that poor people are second-class citizens. However, this does mean that they are often underprivileged. So where I'm going with this, money enables uh, people to live comfortably. Uh, stay with me now. We, hear, hear me about this. This is, what, this is what we need to understand about money. We need money. And it is okay to enjoy money. Nevertheless, everybody say nevertheless. We are forbidden to love money. I, I want to say it again. We need it. And, and it's okay to enjoy. I shared with the North Campus in the 9 o'clock crowd. I said, well, if we're not supposed to enjoy it, that meant I sinned on last month because y'all blessed me really well last month during that edification month. And I'll be honest, I enjoyed it. <sighs> All right. Anybody else in here, when you do receive, you enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, some of y'all not clapping, some of you not raising your hands, so don't be surprised if nothing comes your way. <laughs> Amen. We, we, we need it, and it's okay to enjoy it, but or, or let me say nevertheless, nonetheless, uh, uh, it's, it's not okay. It's forbidden that we love money. I, I need to bring your crowd. I, I need to get your crowd. I need to get your crowd in here right now. Um, there, there was a song that when I was growing up, your crowd, amen, they would, in that song, they would say, money, money, money. Oh, yeah, I, I got you. I got them. I got them. I got them. I, I see some others. I got you. Yes. And, 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 and in that song, I'm, I'm, I want to push that button. Uh, they'll say, some people, he know it, got the hat. <laughs> And then in that song, they say some people, he knew it, really need it. And, and further in the song, they say, for the love of money, people will steal from their mother. For the love of money, y'all acting like, now I know, I, I know some other folk know that song. For, for the love of money, people will rob their own brother. Come on, Deacon. Amen. For the love of money, people can't uh, even walk the street. Uh, for the love of money, people will die. Are y'all listening to me up in here? Uh, people will lie and they will cheat. For the love of money, uh, people don't care who they hurt or Come on now. For the love of money, a woman will sell her precious body. Let me do a little trivia in here. Uh, uh, who, who used to sing that? Come on, let me see. Let me see. Oh, yeah. He, oh, that deacon woke up in the OJs. All right. In other words, here it is. Beware 
of the love of money. Look at your neighbor right now and just say, beware of the love of money. Let me, let me put a little sidebar here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm working down this, this row here, but I need to just do a little sidebar here. All right, a little, little sidebar, which means this is not my main points, but it's going to be some little sidebar points. Uh, uh, as a sidebar in this discussion, we, uh, we encourage young people, young people here and, and many that are uh, watching by way of streaming, we encourage young people to be mindful of these two um, basic principles concerning money. And I want y'all to get this, um, and those of us who's not so young, I want you to hear it because it can help you and it can help the situation with the young people you're talking to. Principle number one, don't let money define you. Did y'all hear that? Amen. Don't let money define you. Look at somebody and say, don't let money define you. Okay. See, the problem with allowing money to define you is that it's going to make you feel superior if you got a lot of it. And then it's going to make you feel inferior if you don't have it. Well, well hear this. You, you are somebody, whether you got money or not. You don't need to walk around here with your head up high because you got a lot of money because what's going to happen if you no longer have that money? And then you don't need to walk uh, uh, looking down and defeated because you're broke because, again, you're somebody whether you got money or not. Money does not make you. Money does not define you. Principle number two. Earn and obtain money legally. And this is very important in the context of a lot of people who are impoverished and do not have the privileges as some. I, I need for young people to hear me. Uh, even in those times when you don't have a lot of money, it's better to go without it than to get it illegally. I need more folk to clap on that one. More folk to clap on that one. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to help our children, grandchildren. I'm trying to help somebody. Hear this. uh, That that easy, that fast money is often dangerous money. So it it, it looks good. You know, you go out there and, and start selling drugs. Make a lot of money just like that. Looks good. Go out there selling your body. And y'all don't want to hear this kind of preaching. I'm only trying to say to folk right now, you don't want to get it just any kind of a way. And if you can't get it right, you're better off without it. Come on and put some more hands together, somebody. And when I say without it, you keep trusting the Lord. He will supply I mean, David did say, I don't want to get happy here, but David did say that I've been young and now I'm old. I have never, come on now, seen the righteous way. Forsaken nor is seed a begging for bread. Somebody's a witness in here right now. You know something about not having, but you also know something about how the Lord will provide. 
Now let's exit. I want to I I leave the sidebar and walk back over here to the main point. Are y'all still with me here? The root of all kinds of evil is the love of money. Bring it home. Somebody shout out. Bring it home, Pastor. This is a biblical fact. This is the root of the matter, which is our sermonic text. In other words, uh, today's message is entitled, The Root of the Matter. So somebody was wondering, okay, give us a text. You need to give us some kind of subject, some type of title. Well, you can take this to the message. Today's message is entitled, The Root of the Matter. Everybody repeat, The Root of the Matter. Yes, uh, Paul is telling us the root of all evil is the love of money. So we're dealing with the root of the matter. Have you ever used that as an expression, you know, while talking, saying, well, you know, the root of the matter is this. Anybody ever talk like that? Let me see. Some of you, all right, just a few of us. Okay, all right. Well, well anyway, yeah. Uh, when, when you say the root of the matter, it's another way of saying the cause of something. Teach pastor. The root of the matter is an expression that originates uh, from the book of Job. So the few of us who, are, who raised our hand and we have said, utilized that expression, say, well, you know, the root of the matter, we need to understand that that did not originate with us. That expression, the root of the matter, is, I mean, the expression itself is biblical. In your Bible, notice how in Job chapter 19, I want you to see it in your Bible, if you got a King James Version, Job chapter 19, verse 28. Job 19, 28, it says, but ye should say, why persecute we him? Seeing the root of the matter, y'all see that in the Bible? Is found in me. That's Job. Is that in, anybody see that in Job nineteen twenty eight? All right, it's right there. So, so in the context of this message, the love of money is the root of the matter. It is the root of all kinds of evil. Instead of loving money, we must take a different approach. So I need the young people to hear me well because, you know, we need it, we enjoy it, but we're being told, don't fall in love with it. Look at that neighbor and say, don't fall in love with it. Oh, yes. Instead of us loving money, we need to take a different approach. Look at that neighbor and say, a different approach. Here's the key idea. A different approach to money is necessary to combat evil. Amen. Write that down. A different approach to money is necessary to combat evil. Everybody repeat those words. A different approach to money is necessary to combat evil. Now remember, Paul is saying uh, that, that, that the love of money is the root of all or all kinds of evil. And we acknowledge there's a whole lot of evil in this world. Am I the only one who's, uh, who can observe a lot of evil in this world? How many of you, you can see there's a lot of evil in this world? The Bible is saying to us today that the love, because of the love of money, this is the root of a lot of the evil that we see in this world. So I'm saying that uh, since this money is something we do need and, 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 and we enjoy, I'm saying a different approach to it it's necessary in order to combat evil. Well, what approach to money must we take? Let me see if I can run through these. First of all, spend money wisely. Everybody say spend 
Yes, so I'm saying spend money wisely. God blesses us to obtain money to spend it wisely. Money must be given in exchange uh, uh, for most of our needs. For example, money must be given in exchange for food. Money must be given in exchange for water. Money must be uh, given in exchange for clothing. Money must be uh, given in exchange for housing. Uh, I mean, we have to have money in order to have something. But note, money, the money we receive should be spent wisely. Look at your name and say, spend it wisely. Regardless of how much money we have, we should always try to get the best deals possible. Moreover, wisdom says don't spend all of it immediately. I, I wish everybody could hear me. It, it bothers me sometimes. I look at some of these athletes uh, who never had anything, and then they come across a whole lot. And then to read about uh, them later when their, their, their career has subsided, uh, uh, filing bankruptcy, not, not managing, not spending it properly. Are y'all listening to me? Wisdom also says uh, don't spend what we don't have. Look at somebody say, if you don't have it, don't spend it. Come on and put some more hands together, everybody. I wish I could help somebody. I wish I could help somebody. Uh, secondly, save money wisely. Save, everybody say, save it. Oh, yes, save money wisely. My mother taught me as a child to spend some and save some. When I receive money, I interpret her to say that I should not spend everything that I receive. I should save some of what I receive. There are some who advocate the 60-20-20 rule. Now, I'm not going to say every, it, this could work for everybody, but it might work for somebody. The 60-20-20, meaning 60-20-20. 60, 20, 20 rule says put 60% of your income towards your needs, which includes your debts. <laughs> put 20% towards your wants and put 20% toward your savings. Now, this rule may work for some, but maybe not for all. Now, here's something that I, I, here's where I am in life, and maybe somebody else can start working towards this. And that, that is, that is, when you become debt-free, so I want everybody to hear this, you want to live striving to become debt-free. I mean, it's biblical, the Bible tells you, oh, no man, anything. You want to strive to become debt-free. You don't want to be enslaved to debt. You want to strive. Everybody say debt-free. Uh, so here it is. When you become debt-free, you can save a higher percentage of your income and spend a smaller percentage of it. Uh, I also learned at an early age to always save some of your income to be prepared for the unforeseen rainy day. You do realize that regardless of how good it is, a rainy day is coming. I mean, from a meteorological perspective right now, we're experiencing the season that's called summer. But we recognize that it's not going to always be this way. 
most likely in time, some rain shall come. Are y'all listening to me? Well, well, hear this. That's, that's the way it is in life. Uh, if everything is going well, uh, understand this will not be perpetual. If, if everything's going well for you today, don't think it's going to always go well. Because in life, you're going to have your ups and your downs. Anybody been living enough to know that you're going to have some ups and you're going to have some downs? Uh, in, in, in time, some unforeseen expenses uh, will occur. So when you become a, there's one thing about being an adult. I want the young people to hear this because uh, there's a lot of young people don't know. When I was a kid, I didn't know anything about unforeseen expenses in the home. I, I mean, my mother would tell me a lot of times, you know, money don't grow on trees. <laughs> Y'all remember hearing that? <laughs> Amen. But as a kid, we, we, didn't have to, we didn't have to worry about how those bills were going to be paid. Our, that was our parents' concern. So I, I, I need us to understand that there's, when you're an adult, you got, to, you got to have a cushion here because, uh, yeah, the, things happen. Uh, and I'm saying unforeseen expenses. Uh, you don't want to have it so tight where you can't handle these unforeseen expenses. Driving a car, uh, eventually need new tires, new brakes. Uh, uh, God forbid a new engine. Are y'all listening to me? Uh, operating a house, uh, uh, there's a maintenance that occurs. Things happen in time. Major things. Might have to have a house painted or whatever. Somebody look at somebody and say, things happen. But to pay for these unforeseen expenses, we don't want to always depend on creating debt by using a credit card. I had somebody at the North Campus came up to me and she said, Pastor, your sermon got me in trouble already. And I said, why is that? She said, because uh, my husband told me after the sermon, no more using the credit card. <laughs> that credit card, hear this. Uh, you, you don't want that credit card to master you, but you want to master it. Are y'all listening to me? That credit card can be your servant or your master. And, and, and when it becomes your master, that's when it's controlling you. That's when you're living on it. Are y'all listening to me? Ah, yes. I, I have a relative once who was saying something to me, and I had to point this out to him. He was telling me about how, you know, he, how he lives and, you know, uses credit card to gain all these points. And I said, that's good because, you know, that's what I do. I said, my credit card, I make money off my credit card. My credit card doesn't make money off of me. Okay. See, the reason why I make money off my credit card is because, yes, whatever I charge, I get these points. Y'all get where I'm coming from? And, and then I cash them in. But the credit card will make money on me if I charge and don't pay it off within a certain period of time. So by the end of the month, you know, I just pay it off in its entirety. Well, this relative was telling me about, well, you know, I, 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 get, I get points and I, I make money on that. I said, but are you paying it off? And he looked at me. I said, I want you to think about it. You might get uh, 1%, 2%, 3%, 4%, in some cases 5% on the points. But if you're not paying it off, you're probably paying somewhere between 18 and 20%. 24% interest. So I said, what are you gaining to get 1% to 5% points 
but paying 18 to 24% interest. Y'all shaking your heads. Go ahead and put your hands together. <sighs> Matter of fact, you know what? This is a practical message, and I want, I want to make sure, because my prayer is that, Lord, let, let the people receive well, because, you know, in our context, you know, we're not really taught how to manage our money, and, and that's why a lot of times when we get it, we blow it, and we go through it, and we don't have anything at the end of the day, and that's because nobody, we, nobody just really set us down to teach us some of the fundamentals. Uh, if you're being blessed so far by the teaching, go ahead and put some hands together. Saving money wisely also means to make money with your money. This means to let your money work for you. For instance, uh, to invest money that allows you to gain maximum interest on your money is saving money wisely. Let me give you the third one. I said, first of all, you got to spend it wisely. Secondly, I said, you got to what? Save it wisely. Well, here's a third one that I want us to get. And this is one. Okay, all right, be there. All right, this is one that some of us don't want to do. And the third one is called share it wisely. Everybody say share it wisely. Now, earlier I gave this, I shared with you when I was at this baseball game last week, and I'm looking at these impoverished children. And a part of me was, and I was close to doing it, just getting all the kids and taking them up and just buying and let them order whatever food they want. I was going to, I was going to just bless them, but. Then I had to, wisdom had to kick in because wisdom should let me see. I'm looking at the few men who were rough looking guys that were around them. And the last thing I needed for those few men to feel like I was uh, showboating or I was doing something that was going to cast a negative reflection on them. And, 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 and I'm, I'm okay. I can, I can defend myself, but I don't think I would have handled all three of those men. <laughs> Somebody say, use wisdom. <sighs> when I say share it wisely, come on, let me go here. God blesses us not only to spend it wisely and save it wisely, but also share it wisely. This is a problem for a lot of people. Most people have a, no problem spending money, even though some people are sickened when they have to spend money. So you got two, you got two groups. So you got some folk, they just spend, spend. And then you got some other folk, they, they get sick anytime they got to spend. They, they would prefer to save everything, not realizing that they can't take any of it with them. I mean, you do read in 1 Timothy 6 and 7, it tells us we, we brought nothing into this world. We can't carry anything out with us. And, and I just want to say to young people right now, you don't want to live trying to save everything. Uh, when we receive money, we should spend some of it, we should save some of it, and we should share some of it. Some have a problem sharing because they are selfish receivers. There are a lot of people, amen, the reason why they don't receive much because they're just so selfish. It's like having a closed fist. When you have a closed fist, okay, you might prevent uh, uh, something from going out, but you're also preventing something from coming in. Are y'all listening to me? Uh, some have a problem sharing because they do not understand the principle of sowing and reaping. Everybody, come and repeat after me. Sowing and reaping. Now, let, I want you to do your hand movement with me. Sowing and reaping. Okay. Second Corinthians 9, 6, and 7 says, but I say this, he which soweth sparingly 
shall reap also sparingly. He which sowed bountifully, meaning when we're generous, shall also reap bountifully. And it says, every man, according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or necessity. Why? For God loveth what? A cheerful giver. This is what the Bible says. I want everybody to hear this because sometimes we wonder why, 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 why I don't have much. The Bible saying when we're cheap with God, he might return the same way. But when we're very generous with God, you can expect generosity to come your way. Somebody put some hands together. <laughs> let me go here, and I don't want you to frown up on this one, but let me go here so it can help us with this. A minimum of 10% of our income must be given in this category of sharing. So hear this, my beloved. Biblically, 10% of our growth income increase, it belongs to God. God calls it tithing. So that means when God blesses us with $10, a dollar that 10 goes back to him. God blesses us with $100, 10 of that 100 goes back to him. God blesses us with $1,000, 100 of that 1,000 goes back to him. Now remember, it's the Lord who give it. And then Job did tell us, on the other hand, the, Lord, the same Lord that give it can what? Take away. God says that when we fail to give him back 10% of what he blesses us to receive, we are robbing him. I remember years ago, um, it was in the, that's when we had 8 o'clock. It wasn't called 730. At that time, it was 8 o'clock and uh, service right in here. Uh, and there was a brother who was a member here who was very affluent, and he boastfully shared with me how he's really blessed and he doesn't tie. And I told him two things. I said, first of all, if you think you're blessed now, you would be blessed even more. But secondly, I told him, you're riding on thin ice. Because the same God who has blessed you, he can take that away. Come on and put some more hands together, somebody. So here it is. The Bible tells us we're cursed with the curse when we fill the tithe. In Haggai, Haggai says something interesting. You go home and read it. It's in Haggai chapter 1 verse 6. Uh, uh, in Haggai 1 and 6, it, it is described as putting money in a bag with holes at the bottom. This explains why some people can't even get ahead uh, even though they're making more money than ever. Have you ever thought about that? How sometimes you're making more money than ever, but more broke than ever. That's what happens when we're not giving according to the word of God. You're thinking you're getting, oh, you're bragging, oh, I, I got a six-figure salary. That, and, you know, that used to sound big back in the day. Six figures is not a big deal to a lot of folk now. But, you know, we brag about the, folk will brag about the kind of money they take in. But they don't have anything to show for it. To work a lifetime, you look back and see you done made all this money and don't have anything to show for it. I think you want to listen to this message. Uh, if, if somebody just say, love me, pastor. Y'all not talking to me. Come on now. Open your mouth. Say, love me, pastor, by teaching me, pastor. Come on, put some hands together. Hey, come on, come on, come on. On the other hand, God says in Malachi 3 and 10, when we faithfully present him our tithes and offerings, that he will open up the windows of heaven and bless us so abundantly that we will not have room to contain our blessings. 
You know, I have, I, have, I've, I have heard many say, well, you know, I just cannot afford to tithe. I've heard a lot of church folks say that. I, I, I would, but I just cannot afford to tithe. And this is what I say. I say, well, here's my statement. I cannot afford not to tithe. I'm going to say this, not boastfully, but as a testimony. I am wonderfully blessed because I have been a faithful tither since I was an adolescent. So hear this. God has blessed me in my life. No, I'm not rich, but I'm comfortable. And it's because I'm faithful to the Lord in doing it his way. I can say like David that I have been younger <laughs> and now I'll say older. I ain't, mother's trying to make me say old. Now I'm not going to say I'm, old, I'm older. <laughs> and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor see big for I can say that. Come on and put some more hands together somebody. Now, now tithing is important but sharing with the poor is also important. So keep, come, stay with me before, as I press my way toward a conclusion. In addition to tithing, God wants us to share some of our assets with others, especially the poor. In the early church, a lot of believers sold their possessions to finance and support the poor. Sold everything. You read it in Acts 4 and 34. Now hear this, God does not require all believers to sell everything in order to share with those that are impoverished, but he has done it in some cases. Uh, uh, he did it in the case of the rich young ruler. So hear me, everybody. I'm not saying to everybody, God is saying to you that you got to go sell everything you got and give it away. But he has told some individuals to do that in some cases. I want you to go to Luke chapter 18. Let's see it in the Bible. Luke 18, everybody go there in your Bible. And if you're sitting next to somebody who does not have a Bible, I want you to share with them. This is a teaching message. Next Sunday, I'll be back in the, up in the pulpit preaching, all right? Luke 18, beginning in verse 8, at 18, 18 and 18, we read about a dialogue that transpired between Jesus and the rich young ruler. Verse 18, it says, and a certain ruler asked him, saying, good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? There's nothing wrong with this question. This man wanted to go to heaven. Anybody in here want to go to heaven? All right. Well, good question that all should be concerned about. What, what, should, what can I do to make it into heaven? And that's what he wants to know. And, and, and Jesus said to him, well, Jesus is being a little funny, you know, humorous with him. He says, uh, why, why, why are you calling me good? None is good, say one, only that is God. And Jesus said, you, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Uh, honor thy father and thy mother. And, and the rich young reader said, all these I've kept from my youth up. I've been doing this since I was a child. When Jesus heard these things, Jesus then said to him, yet you lack. Thou lack is one thing. Sell all that you have. Distribute them to the poor. And then you shall have treasure in heaven. And then you come and follow me. Now, again, this was something Jesus told this man. He's not telling everybody here that you got to sell everything. But in this case, he told that man, you got to sell it all. Uh, in verse 20, when the, when the rich ruler heard this, it says he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. The love of money 
hindered the rich young ruler from inheriting eternal life. His love for money hindered him from making it in, into heaven. That's what the love of money can do to folk. As the Holy Spirit leads us, we should share money wisely. Now, that's a lot of teaching went forth. This was not designed to be a hallelujah message. Uh, it wasn't designed to, for folk to be shouting and so forth, but it was designed to help us to be better, when better stewards when it comes to money management. If you were blessed so far by the teaching of the word, show it by putting your hands together. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Today's message is entitled, The Root of the Matter. Everybody repeat those words, The Root of the Matter. You've been listening. Some of you haven't opened your mouth in a while. So go ahead. Let's, let's, let's be vocal. Everybody repeat it. Say it loudly. The Root of the Matter. Our Psalmonic text is recorded in 1 Timothy 6 and 10, which means for the love of money is the root of all evil. While some have coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through many sorrows. Uh, the key idea says a different approach to money is necessary to combat evil. We suggest in a threefold manner the following. Number one, what should we do with money wisely? Secondly, what? And then thirdly, what? Go ahead and put some more hands together. Y'all great. Instead of loving money, believers love the master. People who have really been born again, we're not in love with money. We need it. We enjoy it, but we're not in love with it. Folk who have really been born again, we are in love with the master. I mean, after all, the master is uh, the root of Jesse. The master was a descendant of David. The master came down through 42 generations. The master was born of a virgin called Mary in a town called Bethlehem. The master was baptized in the Jordan River by his blood relative John the Baptist. The master was crucified on an old rugged cross. The master was buried in a borrowed tomb. The master got up early one Sunday morning with all power in heaven and in earth. Don't get me wrong. I need money and I enjoy money but I am not in love with money. Instead of loving money, I love the master. <laughs> oh, yes. I love the master because he heard my cry. I love the master because he pitied my every groan. I love the master because he lifted up my bowed down head. I love the master because he wiped my tears away. I love the master because he picked me up and turned me around. I love the master because he went away to prepare a place for me. I love the master because he saved me from a burning hell. I love the master because he's been good to me. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. He's good all the time, and all the time he's good. And because I love the master, I enjoy praising him. Nobody has to make me praise him. Nobody has to push me to praise him. I have a reason to praise the Lord. I have reasons to praise him because he has been good to me, because he is real to me. I love to praise him. I desire to praise him. I practice to praise him. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior. All the day long. In a nutshell, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is the root of the matter. 
Instead of loving money, let's focus on loving the master. God bless you, everybody. I'm done. Stand on your feet and let's pray together. Yes. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you on this day and we thank you knowing that you will supply every need of ours. I come in prayer for people here. This message will be received in the way that you have designed it. I pray, Father, for the deliverance of individuals who are enslaved by money, individuals who are in love with money. I pray, Lord, for the salvation of all that instead of loving money, we will love Jesus, the master. I pray, Father, that right now as we prepare to present you our tithes and offerings, that they be acceptable in thy sight. I pray in our departure that your spirit will continue to be with us. Do this here as well as for the ones who departed from the North Campus. And I pray it in the name of Jesus Christ. And we say amen. The eyes are still closed. If you're here and you're not saved, here but saved, but would like to make St. John your church home, those forms that's right before you, there's a form, form right there behind every pew in front of you. Fill that form out. Once you fill it out, give it to an usher, someone at the front desk, or put it in the offering basket, and we will respond to you promptly. Your eyes are open. If you're blessed by this practical teaching message, go ahead and bless God. Amen. And you may be seated. As someone comes who's going to make our appeal to the Vacation Bible School, let me say quickly, uh, if God is willing, next time I'll be in a pulpit preaching a male chorus, we'll be singing. Male chorus, you need to be in your rehearsal Thursday at 7 because we need you to sing next Sunday in the, at the North Campus at 9 and here at the 11 o'clock uh, at South Campus at 11. Also be mindful of in October, our church anniversary month. I'm putting this on the mind because for many of us, we need to budget this. Amen. We're asking everybody, try to, you can do it. And when I say you can do it, budget $200 for this. This is momentous, 80th anniversary. And I share with the uh, North Campus, and we said it with some humor, that, you know, $200 is something that, for in many cases, is nothing. I mean, some folk, when they go, ding, 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 they bring more than $200 with them. Uh, y'all ain't laugh, okay. But anyway, y'all, <laughs> amen. <laughs> and I know some of y'all been there, but anyway, it's all right. <laughs> All right. I mean, you can have an expense on your car, home, whatever, $200, just like that. If you can get some car work done and come out spending less than $200, you really came out good. Well, is God worthy of $200? All right. So, listen, budget that. First hundred is for the banquet, $80, which is a dollar uh, per year for the church anniversary offering, and then $20 will be for the revival. Amen. I'm putting that on our minds because if we put away $50 each month, We'll have that $200. We want this to be well supported. We'll hear this. We will not always have an 80th church anniversary. All right. So it can be great. It can be awesome if all of us celebrate and participate. Uh, this is not something I'll be asking us to do every year. But like I said, you don't have 80 every year. Come on and say, man, somebody.
All right. Okay. Amen. All right. We want to hear. Amen. Yes. All right. Go ahead, young man. Greetings, St. John family and friends. My name is Noah. Starting tomorrow, our 2023 Vacation Bible School Hero Hotline called together to serve God will be in session through Friday, July 28th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at our St. John North Campus located at 29th and 8th Street for children ages 4 to 16 years old. A fun-filled adventure week is planned with daily Bible learning, arts and crafts, singing, visits from local heroes, and a healthy lunch. There is still time to register. Pick up a registration form located near the VBS drop box at the front desk lobby of the North and South Campus and complete one to and complete one today for each child. Register online under our church website, sjnbc.org. Look for the VBS flyer and click the registration link, or you can register on-site during the week at VBS. We will end our session with the fellowship outing held on Saturday, July 29th. More details provided during VBS week. Without the children, our vacation Bible school will not be successful. You can help by calling, texting, Facebook, your family, friends, and community neighbors. Help me spread the word that vacation Bible school is coming to St. John. Let's make our vacation Bible school a big success. Thank you. Hey, man. All right. You know, when I was driving here from the North Campus, there was a lady... And she waved at me, so I wrote the window, and I said, hello. And she said, God bless you. I said, God bless you. What church do you go to? She said, Church of Christ. She asked, what church do you go to? I said, St. John. She said, oh, the church right there. You know, I said, well, it's 108 Street, 1 South, 52nd. She said, no, I'm talking about the one here at 8. She said, I saw the sign that says Vacation Bible School. Even though I don't go to your church, she said, I want to bring my children. That's wonderful. So hear this. Um, we got people observing this. I, I believe it's going to be a great week. Vacation Bible School, uh, it begins tomorrow, 9 to 12 through Friday. Uh, I'm asking everybody, let's make this a success. Get children, grandchildren, the children you know. Get them here. Get them there for that Vacation Bible School. It can be a life changer. You never know. That child's whole life can be changed for the better as a result of going to Bible, Vacation Bible School this week. Come on and put some more hands together. Oh, oh hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. All right, Minister Peggy is coming. Amen. A special presentation to be made. On behalf of Pastor Hall, our scholarship ministry, Christian education ministry, and the members of St. John, we'd like to acknowledge and congratulate all of our graduates of 2023. Let's give them a hand. We only have a few, so as I call your name, would you please come forward quickly, please? We have Troy Stubbs. Troy is graduating from elementary. He's going to middle school. Let's give Troy a hand clap of praise as he comes. We have Christian Woodfork. He's graduating from middle school and going to high school. He's graduating from Making Waves. Christopher, Christian, if you would come. And then we have Brother Gavin Miles, who graduated 
from Cal State University, Sacramento, with his Bachelor's in Health Science. If you all would come here and stand. Again, on behalf of St. John, our pastor, and all of our ministries, we praise God for your accomplishment, and we just say keep moving forward with the Lord. Amen? Let's give them a hand clap of praise. Brother Troy. Brother Brown. We did. Okay. You may be seated. Thank you. We did have one recipient of our Kevin Jones Memorial Scholarship. Uh, she's unable to make it today, but that goes to Dallas K. Davis. Again, congratulations to all of you. All right, let's give God another hand of praise. Yes. Well, after hearing this sermon about giving, I don't think these bass is going to be large enough. <laughs> Let's give well, everybody. Let's give very well. Our building project is still active. Let's give well, and after giving, you are dismissed. Pastor Hawk loves you. Okay, Mel Chorus will be singing on next Sunday. I'll be in the pulpit preaching next Sunday. We anticipate a great time in the Lord. All right. Are we live? Can you hear me, sir? Okay, everybody. Well, hey, we're here at St. John. We just finished up Unplugged. Brother Eric, where you at? Where you been, man? I literally just started, and I got your mic for you. Is it on? You on? Press it on. Okay. Can What's you up, hear everybody? us? Hey, everybody. Uh, we're here for the roll call. We were hoping to do it before service, but we decided to do it after. And so we have here myself, Brother Kevin B. Hall, Jr., and we have here Minister Eric 
Frazier. And uh, I just want to say, um, glad to see you, sir, one Good more time. Yeah, right? Most definitely. Right? Always a blessing. Right. And so uh, we've got a couple things we want to talk about before we wrap up today's service. You want to go into it? Man, service was good, wasn't it? It was good. Service it was, was good. good. Both services were actually good. Very good. You know, God really high, blessed so us. God for that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, things have been going on uh, yeah. all month. Uh-huh. It's Youth Edification Month, so we've been doing things with the youth. We've been working uh, with, uh, we had a barbecue. It was hot, but we still had fun. Yep. Uh, it was, I think, over 100 degrees, and the kids, they weren't feeling it at first, but then they got into it once we started playing some games and eating some food, so it was all good. Yeah. Um, and we've got... Uh, We've got our um, vacation Bible school coming up, uh-huh. and that's what we're getting ready to talk about with some of our young ladies. We've got our young lady, um, Sister Brianna, uh, here, and then we've got Sister Darian here, and they're going to um, bring in the roll call. Praise the Lord, <laughs> Hello, everyone. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. God bless with the word. Welcome to Unplug Sunday. Unplug. So I'm Sister Brianna Thompson. I'm Darian Sims. And we are going to kick off Vacational Bible School. Yes. You know, as we wait on Sister Tammy. Vacation Bible School. I love Vacation Bible School. Girl, coming up. I Growing used to look up. forward to Vacation Bible School all the time. They used to block off both the parking lots. We used to be outside. We had lunch. That's when Vacation Bible School was all day. And it was yes. fun. <laughs> so I'm excited it. for my kids to be a part I'm of I'm excited for the children to join. So. Especially after COVID. They haven't had, you know, a lot of things after COVID. So it should be good for them. It should be good for them. I think this is one of our fellow vacation Bible schoolers here. Are you going to be at vacation Bible school? No. Oh, he said no, but we're going to have some kids that no, will be gonna, there. We're going to so recruit him right now. now. Huh? Bring your kids. Bring your You're kids. You're coming to vacation Bible school. Church this is live. Right this is live. <laughs> <laughs> and we got right, here. Tammy. She go, y'all. Hey, hey, how are you Tammy? today? How you doing? You sound both of you guys sound okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got the, the divas, yes. the choir in yes. the house. We gonna kick it off, y'all, with some questions. All right. You gonna start off with the first one, or you want me to? Um, I can. Okay. Okay. So, what is Vacation Bible School? Am I looking into the camera when I'm talking? Hi, social media world. (laughs) Yeah, um, so Vacation Bible School is a place where kids come to learn about God's word in a fun, creative environment. Amen. Social skills, uh, like minds, you know, and they're building uh, new friends and new network. Amen, amen, amen. And also, it gives parents a break. Right, for three to four The break hours. Get we need. breaks, parents. Especially in the summertime, right? So the break is good for the four hours. Okay. And then for the next question, who is Vacational Bible School for? Excuse me. Vacation Bible School is for all children ages 4 to 16. If you're 17, you can come also. If you're 18 and you want to learn more about God's Word, you can come also. But You're never too old to help. You're never too old to help. You're never too old to learn. So ages 4 to 16. Awesome. Okay, kick it off with the next one. I'm seeing people. I'm sorry. She's trying to leave, y'all. She see a couple of people. She got to stay, though. She got to (laughs) wait. When will Vacation Bible School be happening? Vacation Bible School will be starting tomorrow, which will be Monday, July the 24th, at our St. John North Campus. 
29 8th Street in Richmond. If you know where the Kaiser Hospital on Nevin is, you can find our St. John's South Campus. And it will be ending on Friday, July the 28th. We will meet every day from 9 a.m. until 12 o'clock p.m. Amen. Awesome. And why is VBS so important for children and teens? VBS is so important, once again, because it brings children together in a fun and creative environment. We're learning about God's Word. Oftentimes in church settings, it can be a little bit more, you know, uh, timid and they don't want to come out. But when they're around the other peers, other children, in a fun-filled environment, it is so much easier and it's, and it's laid back and they get to be able to explore God's Word in a creative way. Amen. Let me tell y'all, Sister Tammy loves the kids. So she do, and she do kids a good job. Kids will be in good hands. <laughs> and we'll be having lunch served every day, so please come out. We'll also have our local heroes. So we will have the Richmond Fire Department coming with the fire engine. Okay. We'll have the police department coming. We will have a, 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 a local county judge coming. We'll have licensed therapists coming. And we will also have the kids coming who are the main heroes of Vacation Bible School. Amen. 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 That. Yes. <laughs> thank, thank you, thank guys. Thank you so much, you Tammy. So I'm looking forward to my kids tomorrow. being there. Bring them on. Bye. SJNBC, out. <laughs> All right, and that was uh, the roll call. So, yes, Vacation Bible School is happening all week from the 24th through the 28th from 9 a.m. to 12 uh, p.m., 12 noon. And we have a good time every year when we do Vacation Bible School. Your children will not leave the same way they came. They will be better. And so come out. There's going to be there's going to be food. There's going to be learning. There's going to be heroes. They're going to meet some really cool people uh, this week. Just bring them out, and it's going to happen. All right. Uh, so, Kev. Yeah. Man, it's, it's a day. we got a week ahead of us. Yes, indeed. There's just so much going on. So much. Uh, we had the um, we had the uh, scholarship. The graduates. We yeah. had the graduates. We got kids from all different ages and sizes. Um, yeah. Because some of these kids same age, but they really big different sizes, <laughs> Two right? Two times the size of right. me. <laughs> but it's okay because we love our young people and we love that they're uh, doing things, whether it be uh, just promoting to the next level or moving into like real life. I think our one of our graduates just got his first apartment as an adult. So Whoa. it's like, man, that's a big deal. It is a big deal, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. And don't forget the first, second, third, and fifth Sundays, we also have children church. Now on fourth Sundays, everybody comes into the congregation for uh, Unplugged Sunday. And the nursery is here every Sunday for our children ages zero to three. All right, so we're doing some things at St. John and you are welcome to join us either at our North Campus or our South, Camp South Campus. North Campus is at 29 8th Street, Richmond, California. Our South Campus is located at 662 South 52nd Street. We're doing some great things. Come out, join us, young and seasoned. Everybody's welcome. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's not a Sunday for the young. There's not a Sunday for the season. Every Sunday is for God's people. Come on out and have some fun with us. Mm -hmm. Man, ministry don't stop. Ministry uh, don't stop. But it can't happen without you. There All you right. go. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for watching. Uh, we'll see you next time. This has been another Roll Call. Roll Call.